Good morning. Y'all good? Oh, look at that. Man, John's got y'all primed, fired up, ready to go. That's great. Hey, my name is John. I'm the, uh, I'm the director of youth and young adults here at Circle. Uh, love what I do, man. Love what I do. Uh, this is actually a, a really special weekend for me, a very special weekend. Every year I look back on this weekend fondly because it was three years ago this weekend I actually gave my first message at Circle. And wow, three years uh, goes by very fast. And so, uh, thank you. Yeah, just such a joy, such a privilege, always an honor uh, to be with you guys. Hey, welcome here. Welcome home. And to those joining online, we're so glad that you can be here with us as well. Uh, welcome to part two of uh, our series on worship. And this is a very timely series. It's a very timely series because in just over a month, we celebrate a very important point in the Christian calendar. It's the Christmas season. And I know all of you already have all of your Christmas shopping done, so well done, fantastic. But it's an important season in the Christian calendar. And my hope is that as we come out from, from this message, from this series on worship, that our hearts are going to enter this Christmas season in the right place. And a piece of scripture that I love that I think really helps us set our posture and set our hearts in the right place comes from Matthew 2, 2. And it says this, it's the Magi speaking, and they say, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. I want us to say that last part together. I'm going to say the whole thing again, and I want all of us to say we have come to worship him. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have Come to worship him. Thank you. You see, the wise men, they didn't, they didn't come to get something from God, did they? They didn't come to get something from God. And came, instead, they came to offer worship to him. Now, what's happened to Christianity in, in the West is we've sort of turned it the other way around, haven't we? We've, we really believe we really believe that God actually exists to serve us. That God exists to do what we want him to do if we just pray the right way. If we just act the right way. If we just do the right things. We've kind of reduced God to that of sort of a cosmic vending machine. Hey, well, We put a prayer in. We put a good deed in. Uh, we, you know, we, we do nice things. We do our devotions. We take an Instagram picture of us reading our Bible with a cup of coffee just so that everybody knows how spiritual we are. We don't flip anybody off in traffic. Some of y'all are feeling convicted right now in this moment. And then, your wish is my command. Hmm. We really believe that God is going to answer our prayer because God exists to make our life better. He does not exist for us, but we, we exist for him. Like Pastor John said last week, we were created to worship. You and I, we were created to worship, and I believe this. I believe that God wants more of us as a church from our hearts towards him in worship. And I'm not just talking about Sunday mornings either. I'm talking about seven days a week, 365. 
all year. I'm talking about being worshipers because worship isn't something that we do. Worshipers is who we are. We are created to worship God from the depths of our heart. And I pray that in this message series and as we head into this Christmas season, I pray that God would build within us a, a desire to know him intimately and to worship him with passion. Now, for some of us that didn't grow up around the church, let's just, let's just call it like it is. Let's say it like it is. When you see people lifting their hands, it's weird. Okay? It's weird. It's kind of like watching someone make out. Okay? Just, just stick with me. It, it just, like, it's real. It's happening. I can see it but I feel like I shouldn't be watching, <laughs> right? It feels like I shouldn't be watching. So what I want to do today, actually, because our physical expression of worship is something that happens, and we should talk about it. I want to get into scripturally why we lift our hands in worship, and what does it accomplish? I want for this scripture to come alive in us so that we can better understand why it is that we do something with our hands while we do something with our bodies as a reflection of what is in our hearts. And an anchor text for me when it comes to this comes from Psalm 63. And the background of this psalm is when David was in the wilderness of Judah. And you know, similar to the Apostle Paul, where some of his most, some of his most beautiful writings, some of his most sweetest accounts were written while he was in prison. Similarly, some of David's most beautiful uh, accounts and writings were written when he was in the wilderness. And he says in Psalm 63, he says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole life longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no Water. Wow, how many of us have felt like we've been in a season like that? It kind of feels like you maybe visited California, but um, he says, I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name, I will lift up my hands. You see, in Hebrew, the first part of that passage is actually flipped around. It translates to, my God, you are. My God, you are. This is a, this is a joy-giving truth that the Lord, who is the only real God, was his God, both personally and intimately. His longing for God is, is deep. God's love is better than anything that the present life has to offer. You see, David was in the wilderness. He was at a very low point in his life, and he cries out to God, and, and he says, your love is so good, I can't stop. It's that powerful. I could never earn, and, and I, don't, I certainly don't deserve it, so I will praise you as long as as I live, and in your name, I will lift up my hands. See, David is saying, even through my circumstances, even through my, my situation, 
Even though my circumstances and situation are not good, I will praise you because you are good. You see, this is an act of worship. This is a, this is a heart. This is a posture of worship. You see, in my own life, I've, I've often felt like I've been in seasons like David is talking about, man. I, I felt like I've been in places where it's been dry and, and desolate and there's been no water. Situations and circumstances that have maybe felt so, so overwhelming that I sometimes wondered how I was going to get through the next day. And you see, Scripture, man, Scripture is such a comfort for me. Scripture is such a comfort for me. And there's this piece of Scripture that comes from Ephesians 2 where, where it says this. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You see, we are saved by the grace of God through grace and not our works. It's in those moments out of, out of desperation and a yearning for, for God's grace and peace and comfort is when I often found myself just naturally or maybe even just supernaturally wanting to just lift my hands to him in gratitude and surrender and in awe now here's the thing i grew up i grew up in the united church until i was a preteen the only time we raised our hands is if we had to go to the bathroom so no one taught me that that was something that you did or that was a way that you should respond but something was happening in my heart that almost unconsciously elicited a physical response. You see, I believe that you cannot experience the grace of God without showing gratitude in some form or fashion. You see, when you really understand who he is, when you really understand who God is and what he's done for you, you want to express your heart in worship to him. You see, I'm not a parent. I, I don't have kids. But for those of you that do have kids, and you know, when they were babies, man, I love a chubby baby. You bring me the chubbiest baby, well, I'll pinch those cheeks. It's a good chubby baby when it's a leg straight to foot, just roll after roll. Oh. But you know, it's, it's amazing when babies become toddlers, and, and I haven't experienced this yet. But I imagine it's a beautiful thing when your toddlers are learning how to walk sort of lumbers toward you and they reach up to you and they say, Dada or Mama or Gam Gam. I don't know. Y'all got some weird names for like Grandma and Grandpa over here. I don't know what a Mima is, but apparently that's a thing. But it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And what I believe is I don't imagine there's any loving parent that can reject the outstretched, uplifted hands of a child towards them. And I believe our Heavenly Father loves when we lift our hands towards Him. I believe that's how He sees us. When we move toward God, I believe His heart moves towards us. You see, James says, come near to God, come near to God, and He will come near to you. When we draw near to God with our hearts and with our minds and with our soul and with our strength, 
The mercy of our Father draws near to us. See, the lifting of our hands, physical expression of of worship, can also be an offering of praise to God. You see, David, David again, he's in a very low point in his life. His spirit is overwhelmed. His enemies are after him. There is no escape. He feels like no one cares for his soul. He's in danger. He's in despair. He's lonely. And David says this. David says, I call to you, Lord. Come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the uplifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. You see, David crying aloud to God, David crying out to God is an act of worship. It's an offering of of lifted hands in praise to God for for his faithfulness and for his righteousness. You see, for some, today might be the first time, today might be the first time that you give an offering of praise, give an offering of lifted hands to God. You see, we might not always feel like offering praise, but we're going to do it anywhere. We're going to offer our praise anyway, not because of what I see, but because of who God is. You see, another reason why we lift our hands is we're declaring battle. We're declaring battle, and we need God's help. You see, some of you, you might be in a very real battle right now. And you're going to lift up your hands and say, I'm going to declare battle. And I need the help of my all-powerful God to do battle with me and do battle for me. I'm declaring battle with uplifted hands. You see, a great example of this actually comes from the Old Testament. It comes from, comes from Exodus. You see, the Amalekites were attacking the Israelites. And Moses, Moses says to Joshua, he says, choose some men, we're going to battle. They declared war on us, so we're pushing back. Moses says, tomorrow I'm going to stand on top of this mountain, and I will lift my hands to God, and I will pray to him. And in verse 10 and 11, it says this, it says, so Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses held up his hands... The Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. Winning, losing. Winning, losing. You see, the battle, this battle is actually most remarkable because the ebb and the flow of the battle seem to be more dependent on Moses who was literally above it all. He was on top of a mountain. But the ebb and flow seemed to be more dependent on Moses than it was with the men who were actually engaged in the fighting on the ground. Ain't that something? When arms were lifted, acknowledging the sovereign power of God, God's people were winning, man. But when hands were not lifted, acknowledging the glory of God, God's people were losing. You see, after the victory, the memorial altar was called, the Lord is my banner. The Lord 
is my banner, meaning that the Lord was a source of courage and strength, and therefore he was the author of the victory. You see, here's the reality. Some of you, right now, you're in a battle, and it seems, it seems like you're losing right now. It might be time for you to lift up your hands and say, God, I trust you no matter what. It might be time for you to lift up your hands and say, God, I don't have the ability to do this on my own, but I seek you. God, I'm going to lift my hands and praise you in spite of what I see, in spite of what I feel, in spite of, in spite of what I'm going through. I'm going to continue to praise you. I'm going to lift up my hands and declare that the battle is yours and I trust in you. I'm going to lift up my hands and declare that by faith, I believe you are fighting for me and that you are with me. Greater is the one that is in me, that is in the, in, in, the one that is in the world, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But God is for me, so I will lift up my hands. See, when Moses had his hands lifted up, man, when John was telling us to put our hands up to pray, my hand was getting tired. I did shoulders on Friday, and I'm, I was feeling it. You see, Moses' hands, they grew tired, man. They grew tired. But thank God there was an Aaron and a Herb beside him, and they came alongside him, and they, they held up his arms. You see, that's why we worship together. I believe that's why coming to church matters. We don't just worship God by ourselves. We worship him as the body of Christ. We corporately stand together, and, and, and we lean on one another, and we lift up each other's arms, and we say together, we're going to seek God. Together, we're going to press into him. Hey, when you can't hold up your hands anymore, I'm going to be there to help you. I want to be your Aaron. I want to be your her, and I want you to be the same for me. Hey, Ben, would you guys come back up to the platform? You see, some of you, some of you, you're in a battle right now. And maybe this is a word for you. It comes from 2 Colossians. It's not on the screen, but just listen to these words. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Don't be afraid, man. Don't be afraid. The battle is Lord's face it. He's with you. He's for you. He loves you. He cares about you. His power is real. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. It takes faith in the moment right now when you're hurting, when you're feeling anxiety, when you're feeling worry, when you don't know what to do next and you don't see a way out, it takes faith to praise before the blessing. It takes faith to praise before the provision, before the anxiety is gone. It's time to declare, God, I need you. See, what have uplifted hands historically meant? Yes, the riders win again, said no one this year. I'm sorry, is that too, 
I feel bad. Is that too soon? I know, this is a day of mourning for us. Victory. It means victory. See, the other meaning I think it historically has is surrender. See, I believe that in the presence of God, it is both. I believe that when we surrender to him, we find victory in him. When we surrender to him, we find victory in him. See, God can do more with our surrender than you can with your control. Don't we raise our hands for much less? How much more should we express our worship to our King? You see, for some of us, we've been serving little kings for a while now. You know what that is. You know what that is for your life. If you want momentary happiness, go ahead, serve and worship those little kings. But if you want lifelong fulfillment, serve and worship the king. Hey, church, would you stand with me? Would you stand with me? You know, a, a song that I've listened to over the last couple of years, it has the lyrics. What would you do if he walked into the room? What would you do if he walked into the room? It goes, how would you shout if he walked into the room? How would you pray if he walked into the room? Church, how would you praise if the king walked into the room? The lyrics to the song that our team is going to lead us in in just a moment as we just pause from this message. It starts with, the king is in the room. You see, the king is in the room. Where two or more are gathered in his name, he is here. So look at this. He is here. So church, how will you worship the king in this room? I want you to worship as a declaration of praise as you reach out to God and you watch him reach out to you as both an offering and a battle cry. Come see the scars of love upon his hands. The king is in the room. We'll watch the darkness flee at his command. Who is this king? Who is this king? His name is Jesus.
seven days a week. If we want to see the presence of God, you see, some of us are going through a battle and you want to worship through that battle. And worship isn't going to be something you occasionally do. 
but a worshiper is who you are. Hey, church, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment? Because for some of you in this place and online, you're about to lift up your hands for a different reason today. You see, you may have recognized that you're not a follower of Jesus. Or you may have recognized that for whatever reason, you've, you've walked away from him. You see, like David prayed earlier, he prayed out of a longing and a, a desperation for something more. And I believe that some of you have a genuine and have sincere longing for something more. You feel like something is missing in your life and you know it. You see, you might be in a dark place right now. You might need rescue, but you're in the right place. God's hand is not too short to save you. In fact, God extends his hand towards you right now. He extends his hand toward you. Those who call on the name of Jesus will be saved. We are made right with God not by our works, not by what we do, but by our faith in believing that Jesus is enough. So with uplifted hands, as a posture of surrendering and victory, here's what happens. If you want to make that decision today, maybe for the first time, or you want to come back into relationship with Jesus, can I just ask you just to lift your hand just so I know who I'm praying for and I know who I'm praying with? See, when we make that decision, when we lift our hand and surrender, we find complete and total victory in him. Our sins are forgiven. We are, we are made new. What an amazing thing. See, as people are making that decision in that room and online church, what we're going to do is we're going to join our hearts with theirs and we're going to pray together. Let's pray. God, we come to you now with a heart of thanksgiving and gratitude and worship to you, God, because of who you are. God, we thank you for seeing our posture today, this posture of the love that we have for you, Father. We thank you for seeing our, our worship this praise that we offer like incense, God, rising to you. And God, we thank you that as many people in this place and online have, are making decisions for you, God, we thank you that we can come to you and that we can give you our life. And because of that, our sins are forgiven. And from now on, we are a follower of you. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And church, we celebrate with those that made that decision today. I just want to leave you with this. Worship is not something that we do. It is who we are. John.